Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Shao, and this is Kevin Shimizu. And today we've got an exciting, if not controversial, show for you tonight. We will be facing off with、uh, arguments for and against China's management of the corona crisis since the start through the present, and、uh, whether it has had a positive or negative impact on the world. This is possibly our last episode together, so I just want to say it was a it was a pleasure working with you, Kevin. Yeah, same. It was it was really fun, and I and I've enjoyed our conversations. Yes, very enlightening discussions. And of course,、uh, you know what kind of episode of When Did I Ask is complete without the input of our good friend Pizza Hut guy. Hi, do you know if、uh, Bo is there?、Huh? Uh, the other employee I know, Bo Boa. Well, unfortunately, Bo said he was busy, and、uh, this other lady picked up, and she didn't want to ask any questions. She was like a celebrity shooing away the paparazzi. So, Bo, thank you so much for all you've given to the given to this show, and、uh, I hope we can see you again. Thank you. And now we'll、uh, move on to Kevin's argument. He's going to start with his、um, uh, Arguments for why China's actions have actually been beneficial for this global struggle against the coronavirus. Alright, hello everyone. So, in the wake of the current global pandemic, many people are blaming China for their lackluster response to the situation.、Uh, many believing that China's actions, or in this case, inaction, have only perpetuated the global situation negatively. Despite the criticism, China continues to be the leading force against the COVID-19 pandemic. As the initial source of the outbreak, they are often criticized for failing to contain the spread of the pandemic fast enough. Yet may, many fail to realize the profound positive impact that China's actions have produced for the world currently. China was able to deal with the containment and treatment of the COVID-19 virus with the worst of it behind them already. Yet many still doubt their accomplishments. The recovery serves as an example for the world, with many countries deciding to base their con- containment plans on China's, such as, such as the U.S. and various European nations. Their beneficial actions toward the world include three main courses of action:、um, production and distribution of medical supplies, their initial containment and、uh, lockdown to prevent the spread of the virus. And being the leading effort in the development of a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus, China has been second to none in its efforts in contributing to the production and distribution of medical necessities around the world. As the manufacturing superpower that China has become within the last few decades, China lead、uh, the world in mass production.、Um, and before the Corona outbreak, China produced 50% of all the masks in the world. Uh, and now, within the crux of the global pandemic, they have increased pr- production twelvefold. It's interesting you say that. I'm not going to say anything right now, but just、uh, anyone who's watching this to the end, let's leave a footnote here. China has been second to none in its efforts in the、uh, distribution of medical necessities around the world. All right. Despite already recovering from the peak of the coronavirus, China continues to provide support for the world. From essential medical supplies to even doctors, 
Um, according to Noah Barkin, senior visiting fellow at the German Marshall Fund, um, by offering support to countries like Italy, Beijing highlights the struggles European countries have had in helping each other and draw a favorable contrast between itself and the U.S., stating, while Trump is hitting Europe with a travel ban, China is the generous, selfless friend, Barkin said. On March 12th, Italy's foreign minister, Luigi Di Maui, I don't know how to say his last name. That's sorry. M-A-I- I think it's Mario. Mario? Did I mess no, up? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Luigi Di Mario, sorry, M-A-I-O, uh, posted a video of himself on Facebook watching live footage of a plane of supplies and medics from China, noting that China was the first to send aid. In an article written by Alan Crawford, Peter Martin, and Bloomberg about China's aid toward Europe, they referenced Xi Jinping's Ping's, damn, I'm butchering these names, uh, description of China's mass deployment of medical aid to Europe as an effort to further a health Silk Road. Um, Italy, Greece, Paris, France, Bulgaria, Slovenia, Spain, Belgium, and Ukraine are all countries that are currently receiving aid from China with many more now asking for aid like Lithuania. The Chinese government is not only is not the only one in China that are providing aid, but also private companies as well, the most influential being, being China's Alibaba Group holding and a billion, billionaire Jack Ma's foundation. Um, their contributions mostly being seen in Spain, Belgium, and Ukraine. All of this without mentioning the effort that the government took in containing the virus within China for the sake of the world. China first introduced these measures to contain the virus in mid-January, stopping movement in and out of Wuhan, the center of the epidemic, as well as 15 other cities in the Hubei province, affecting more than 60 million people. Flights and trains were suspended, and roads were blocked. Soon after, they implemented a stay-at-home order, meaning that people should only venture out for food and medical help. This affected more than 760 million people, which is roughly half the population of all of China. According to Michael Osterholm, an infectious disease scientist at the Miami or at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, these extreme limitations on population movement have been quite successful. And now, see, this is an interesting contrast. Because uh, especially in current news, have you heard all about those people in California and Huntington Beach? And in Michigan, really, uh, like literally organizing these rallies to protest against their their violations of uh, constitutional freedoms because they're angry about the quarantine. Have you heard about that? I have heard about that. And personally, I think that's stupid. Kind of is. I, I think it's really, it really stupid because the point of the quarantine is to protect people and to protect this and to stop the spread. But you're going out to rally. You're You're literally doing what people tell you not to do with the the scientists are telling you not to do some people just don't believe in science <sighs> yep. it's pretty interesting sometimes you know there are benefits to a totalitarian regime i guess there could be but the majority are probably negative probably yeah probably anyway um the number of new cases going from thousands a day at the peak of the um outbreak to now a mere dozen or so per day. Um, even the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, congratulated China on a unique and unprecedented 
unprecedented public health response uh, that reversed the escalating cases. Okay, footnote. Footnote. I'm just gonna just gonna put a footnote there. Continue. In addition to the lockdown, China also implemented a travel ban. While it is not a solution to the virus, it does help slow the spread. And dozens of countries across Europe and the Americas, Africa, and Asia have also now introduced travel ban restrictions similar to China. And China is even the leading effort in um, developing a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus currently. Uh, they are the first to begin phase two testing for the COVID-19 virus, or, or for the vaccine, that is. Um, the first phase focused on the vaccine safety. The second phase uh, inoculates many more people to determine how effective it is in protect, uh, protecting against infection. As a leading country in developing a vaccine, providing aid to countries in need, and a prime template for the world in self-quarantine and isolation against the COVID-19 virus, China is overall positively affecting the global situation. And now here is Andrew, and he's going to talk about the negative side of China. So, before I start my argument, I think I have to straighten something out and address it. Rational criticism of the Chinese government and their actions is in no way an indication of racism or xenophobia against Chinese people. And this isn't coming from a leftist perspective or a right-wing perspective, although admittedly it's a bit awkward of a situation because now you've got all these ignorant Trump-supporting folk that have to reluctantly agree with about China although I feel our motives may not be as similarly nuanced. Anyways, this isn't coming from any U.S. politics perspective, but an anti-CCP and anti-Chinese Communist Party perspective. May I add, the propaganda arm of the party so feverishly desires for you to link the agenda of their authoritarian regime to the beliefs of the national population and to the Chinese race. One very common phrase employed is the claim some geopolitical dispute is, quote, hurting the feelings of the Chinese people, when in actuality it's just something hurting the party's agenda, like, say, disputes about the South China Sea conflict, or Taiwanese separatism, or Tibetan Buddhism's Dalai Lama, or the Hong Kong democracy protests, or any other countless geopolitical spats. Gee, you'd think the Orwellian regime, so against democratic ideals and free expression, wouldn't honestly care too much about how each and every citizen literally feels. And let's not forget the row between Australia and China in 2017, when Australian officials began investigations on the Chinese infiltration of Aussie-elected offices through the work of foreign agents, which at one point involved a Chinese billionaire with shady ties to the CCP donating over $2 million to a now-resigned parliament member. So, when officials announced they would defend against malicious foreign agents while explicitly stating they meant no offense to Australians born overseas like Chinese Australians, well, Chinese state-run media, aka the propaganda machine, had a field day. Responding with insufferable and illogical cries of racial prejudice against Chinese students and the Chinese community in Australia. Anti-Chinese racism is real, but playing the race card as a distraction for political gain is very, very real too. And you'll see, especially in times like these, trotting out baseless rhetoric for political interests is going to be the go-to tool in the propaganda arms toolbox. The point is... When I see all these hyper-woke people on Twitter tripping over themselves to virtue signal through their accusations of racism on an, a New York Times article or whatever, 
I wonder how many realize the very real propaganda war they're taking part in, and even worse for that matter, taking part in for the wrong team. Well, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself now. Let's rewind to the beginning, to when this all started. So where did corona come from? The novel coronavirus's first confirmed case was on December 8th. The patient recovered and was discharged. By December 29th, Dr. I ordered a lab test for a patient showing similar symptoms to the dozens of others arriving at Wuhan hospitals with unexplained pneumonia. The results came back on the 30th, saying SARS coronavirus. Terrified, she sent the results to a former classmate, a Dr. Li Wenliang, who then passed it on to a chat group. This would be the first piece of evidence of the outbreak leaked to the public as the information circulated widely on social media that night. That is, until government censors kicked into action online. And for Lee, state hospital officials and the police reprimanded him, coercing him into denouncing his warnings as illegal and unfounded rumors. He later died of the coronavirus on February 7th. Meanwhile, evidence of human-to-human -human transmission mounted as medical staff in hospitals were infected with the same pneumonia symptoms the patients had. Fearing the safety of her colleagues, Dr. I alerted hospital authorities for the second time on January 1st while ordering her own department to wear masks. That night, the hospital's dis discipline department criticized her for spreading rumors, claiming she incited panic and, quote, damaged the stability, end quote, of the city. The hospital's leadership also banned staff from discussing the disease in public or via online platforms. Finally, on December 31st, the WHO's China office was informed, and Wuhan officials issued their first public statement announcing cases of suspected viral pneumonia. Shortly after dragging their feet as lives hung in the balance for days and weeks, the party would pick up their act and practice transparency. What do you think, Kevin? Do you think they did that? Uh, no. Hmm, obviously not. Despite mounting evidence supporting the conclusion, the Wuhan branch of the National Health Commission of China claimed the, quote, investigation so far has not found any obvious human-to-human -human transmission or infection of medical staff. The disease is preventable and controllable, end quote. On January 9th, Chinese authorities finally admitted the outbreak of a new coronavirus. According to leaked internal documents, top officials of the party, including Xi, understood the existence of the deadly epidemic by January 14th. The leaked memo explicitly warned of the high risk of transmission during the upcoming New Year's holiday. Naturally, Wuhan went ahead a week later unrestricted with a mass banquet with tens of thousands, as millions across the country began traveling unrestricted for the Chinese New Year's holiday. And finally, on January 20th, General Secretary Xi made his first public statement on the virus, and it was reported he had ordered officials to contain it. To recap, the Chinese autocratic system took action against the signs of a dangerous outbreak days or even weeks later than they reasonably should have, indirectly killing possibly thousands in China and worldwide, while silencing and crushing doctors who, who dared to sound the alarm bell early on. Dali Yang, a professor from U Chicago, said, quote, Doctors in Wuhan were afraid. It was truly intimidation of an entire profession. Since that inciting incident, 
China has continued on with the misinformation tactics likely to this day. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the U.S.'s delayed handling of this crisis? Right. What about the U.S.'s uh, botched situ- uh, handling of the situation, right? Well, my criticism of China in no way downplays the Trump administration's incompetence, believe me. Here's the distinction on why China's situation is much graver. America will always have new administrations, but China will continue to suffer under its authoritarian one-party rule. America has bad leaders. China has a cripplingly flawed governance system. Nothing is stopping the CCP from repeating the same blunders in 20 years when there is absolutely no mechanism for accountability for anyone in power. But enough about doom and gloom in the crowded waiting room. I'm sure now China has their act together and is working hard to contribute to the global struggle against the virus. Like Kevin says, China has been working hard to save the world with their own R&D of a cure for COVID-19. Plus, if you ignore the widespread accusations China fibbed and is still fibbing the statistics, such as the U.S. intelligence community's claims that Chinese counts of deaths and cases are underreported, if you ignore all that, The WHO has praised China's transparency in fighting the virus, and Director General Dr. Tedros has declined to criticize Beijing's early moves to silence and even jail medical professionals who dared mention the danger. Despite China's understanding of the virus's highly contagious traits in December, the WHO also bolstered Beijing's early dismissal of fears it was highly contagious tweeting on January 14th that there was no evidence of human-to-human spread. And on January 28th, Tedros showered China with praise after meeting with uh, President Chairman, actually, Xi Jinping, about the, quote, commitment from top Chinese leadership and the transparency they have demonstrated, end quote. Following this pattern, it came as no surprise when the WHO ignored Taiwan's pleas to join as a member nation in the name of saving their own lives considering the long-existed political conflicts between China and the island nation. It seems very interesting how unwaveringly confident the WHO has been of China. Perhaps it's just a coincidence that following the stepping down of Director Dr. Chan of Hong Kong, which is in China, in 2017, China mysteriously wholeheartedly backed Ethiopian microbiologist Dr. Tedros. The point is... Regardless of whether WHO leadership has become China's lapdog or not, although the former does seem like a tempting conclusion, the WHO's uncritical parroting of China's claims and praise of China's actions is what irresponsibly lulled many experts to a, quote, false sense of assurances, end quote, early on in the pandemic, according to Lawrence Gostin at Georgetown University. But then again, you might say, Oh, it's on the past. Look at the generous donations to boot China has been shipping around the globe. Right? Like you said. uh, Right, Kevin? Yeah, they have been very generous with um, many of their donations to European countries. Of course. I'd agree with any act of saving lives, right? But let's take a, just in case, you know, let's take a closer look on China's acts of kindness. Firstly, as China told the world it would generously provide supplies for those in need internationally, reports showed the reality. They quietly sold the supplies to many European countries. In one absurdly shameless and ironic case, 
China forced Italy to buy back the personal protection equipment, or PPE. Italy themselves donated to China during the initial outbreak. Quote, It's so disingenuous for Chinese officials now to say we are the ones who are helping the Italians, or we are the ones who are helping the developing world, when, in fact, they are the ones who infected all of us, the Italian senior administration official said. Of course they should be helping. They have a special responsibility to help because they are the ones who began the spread of the coronavirus and did not give the information required to the rest of the world to plan accordingly, end quote. Speaking of the supplies China so generously sold, not donated, Chinese-made coronavirus testing kits and protective equipment were found to be so substandard they were rejected by several countries in and neighboring the EU, such as the Netherlands, Spain, and Turkey. And aside from their own manufactured goods, they do seem to have an abundance of medical supplies as nations across the globe struggle with low stockpiles. Isn't that interesting, right, Kevin? It is pretty interesting, I would have to say. Yeah. I mean, China is, is always a little sus when it comes to their their own interests versus the global interests, I would say. Yeah, that should be like their tagline. We're a little sus. We're just a little bit. Well, it turns out China hoarded the supplies from other nations in January as the initial outbreak began and China reassured the world that the situation was under control. According to Bloomberg, in February, as the pandemic ramped up, China's state-controlled oil explorer PetroChina Co. directed employees in 20 countries to buy face masks and send them home with no regard for local needs. Similar directives were ordered in other overseas state-run Chinese companies. This discovery probably explains why Chinese representatives were also found shipping enormous amounts of crucial medical supplies from the Czech Republic to China in February. The point is, the exaggerated praise from state media of China's generosity for the world, coupled with its disingenuous, unreliable efforts, in reality, kind of paint a picture of ulterior motives. Speaking of Chinese state media, let's take a look at what they're saying now. In January, it was downplaying the situation and cover-ups. In March, they went on the offensive with outlandish accusations against foreign nations, notably one spearheaded by Foreign Ministry Deputy Director Li Jianzhao, who alleged that the U.S. military was responsible for spreading it to China. And now that America's been overwhelmed with the epidemic, China's newest narrative is that America and China must cooperate for the greater good. Hmm, let's see. Disingenuous acts of charity, stupid conspiracy theories they later retract, constantly shifting party rhetoric, if my horoscope's accurate, it seems all celestial signs point to a mass propaganda campaign. Behind this global health crisis, there is a war being fought. An information war, or for China's sake, a disinformation war. And China really is going all out. Still don't believe me? Let's look at one more example by turning to everyone's favorite public forum, Twitter. Since August 2019, ProPublica has tracked more than 10,000 suspected fake Twitter accounts involved in a coordinated influence campaign with ties to the Chinese government. Some appear to have been automatically generated using a bank of fake profile photos and usernames, but others were hijacked from real people, like Kaylin Keegan, a student in Nebraska. Her account's new owner had passionate views on geopolitics, 
curiously all lined with the Chinese Communist Party. Her profile picture and reference to her college disappeared, and it began posting unrelentingly in Chinese, first about the Hong Kong protests, and later about the pandemic. And thus, the pattern of coordinated activity to prop up certain storylines began. Seemingly more legitimate accounts like Keegan's would make an attention-grabbing post, like a political message or provocative video. The army of obviously fake accounts that were automatically generated would then engage with a post with likes, retweets, and comments to boost visibility in Twitter's algorithms. An even more brazen information campaign can be seen in the Italian Twitter community, as the outbreak has severely threatened their nation. 46% of tweets using the hashtag ForzaCineItalia, translating to, quote, come on China and Italy, end quote, were generated by automatic bots, while uh, hashtag GraziCina, meaning thanks China, was found to have 37% of uh, its post be automatic bots, again. Now, why would you stage expressed gratitude from someone if you were sincerely trying to help them? Perhaps China is not the kind-hearted saint that they would like us to believe. More so, this is just another addition to the heap of evidence China's insincere global contributions are more a ploy in propaganda warfare and politics than anything else. Like, you know, saving lives. The bottom line is... Despite contributing to the mounting global crisis by withholding vital information to the international community and delaying efforts to contain it early, the CCP nonetheless sought to benefit from the coronavirus pandemic geopolitically and financially. Hmm. But I suppose we can't leave this discussion like this. Unlike China, I am willing to compromise and make concessions, and I believe we should strive for a consensus here. Perhaps political beliefs should be set aside, even through gnashing teeth, if it means to save lives, which I'm sure I've established is not something that is one of CCP's top priorities. But when this is all over, I hope the world realizes the truth is not some trivial thing like China will assure us, and that someone will have to take responsibility for this. So until then, I believe global cooperation is paramount to the monumental struggle against this deadly epidemic. What do you think, Kevin? I think I uh, I agree a lot with that. Um, I, I think that right now, uh, the media is often exaggerating and uh, twisting what, uh, especially um, Chinese national media, I'd say, is definitely um, trying to portray them in a very positive light, like nothing negative at all. And I think that that is not helpful. It's not going to be good. And I think instead of focusing on, on the political side and uh, showing China in the best light possible, they should just focus on uh, saving lives. Right, right. I totally agree. You know, no matter if you, you're pro-China, I don't know why you would be, but if you're pro-China, you're anti-China, Whatever political issue it is, you know, I think lives, the, the threat of um, uh, lives being lost is always going to be more important for now, though. But when the time comes, when this is all over, and China's rhetoric will shift gears again to put itself in the most defensible position, all I can say to them is, when did I ask?
I'm sorry, it's just it's just okay. a single question. Do you mind? It's yeah, just. No, a... I can do it right okay, now. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay, thanks. No! <laughs>